After Market Insights, opportunities to maximize profits from parts, service, and more. That is the topic of this Power Sports Business Insider, the third episode in the Synchrony Insights series. again, everyone. I'm David G. Back with you once again. And also joining us again, account manager of sales, outdoor and power sports for Synchrony Financial. It is Charles Smith. Welcome again, Charles. Hey, thanks, David. Glad to be here again. Veteran sales and business development professional in the power sports industry and a power sports aficionado himself. And welcome to you, our listeners, as well. As we said, this is episode three of the Power Sports Business Insider podcast featuring Synchrony Insights, third in a series of six with intelligence and insights focused on consumers to help you maximize profits from your power sports business. And let's tee that up, uh, Charles. Speaking of maximizing profits, you have an outdoor product study focusing on the aftermarket area, parts, service, and more. Uh, why don't we talk a little bit about that as we kind of lay the landscape here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the first couple of podcasts, we mentioned um, how Synchrony creates a lot of studies and does a lot of research, and we're able to share a lot of that information. And sometimes it's ongoing studies and research. Sometimes it's relating to new product launches. And and in this case, uh, you know, we were looking at the parts, gear, accessory um, business and space and and what consumers are are doing and looking for. And, and what we found, 97% of power sports consumers um, they've purchased aftermarket items in the past 12 months. They've purchased items after the initial purchase, right? So they bought the unit. And then within the last 12 months, 97% of those came back in and bought other items to, to enhance that purchase, to service that purchase, to add on, um, in one shape or another. But, uh, what's, what's interesting is that sometimes we're, we're solely focused on other aspects of the sale, you know, the unit, uh, and the happiness and the, and the, the, cash register ring of a big ticket item, right? But let's not forget that part, service, accessories, gear, these are all high margin areas. So uh, we want to make sure we're keeping focus on that and leverage those departments. And talking about maximizing profits as as you just did, uh, let's talk about an opportunity in this area specifically to do that, namely training the parts and sale, uh, service teams and sales best practices it's so easy just to concentrate on the front of the store salespeople when it comes to our, our sales training. Talk about some of the advantages of including the other parts of the dealership. Sure, sure. Um, you know, anywhere a customer interaction is happening, anywhere a transaction could happen, um, that's a sales activity. And sometimes dealerships are so caught up and and we focus on it a lot as well that you know, sales means selling a new side-by-side, -side, a used motorcycle, a newer used unit. So we put a lot of emphasis there. Uh, there's a transaction that must happen at the end of that and typically it goes through the business office or the finance department. Um, so those areas tend to get the bulk of training efforts, whether it's from OEM partners, uh, Synchrony. We, we offer um, a learning center training portal for dealers to utilize. Uh, OEM partnerships also supply that back to dealerships their sales reps and, and so on. But typically that's focused in the, in the sales uh, of new and used units and finance. Let's not forget about the other areas where transactions are happening, where interactions happen with customers. And, and that's in the parts, accessories and service departments. Um, depending on how each dealer is set up and they're all set up a little different, 
uh, you know, we'll, we'll say parts and accessories is one department and, and service is, is a separate department. We've got to utilize those resources that are out there to, to really elevate the staff in those areas to, to be great at sales. Um, and, and sometimes there's, there's a little uneasiness with that. Um, people in parts maybe say, I'm not a salesperson, but you absolutely are. The, the key for, for sales is really, you know, it, it's solving and providing a solution to a problem that customer has. Maybe the helmet, their prior helmet's worn out and they need to upgrade to a new one. So you're, you're providing a solution in that. And that's really what sales is about. Um, I think it's key that we invite parts and service managers into sales meetings. Sometimes they're not as comfortable huddling up as a team where the sales department might be more common in a dealership. So um, invite them in. Let them see what's happening in the sales and finance department uh, team meeting so that they can take that information back uh, um, to, to their team as well. Um, they don't need to have that pressure of out there hunting for business. Really, the key in the parts and service department when we have a sales hat on is it's taking care of the customer that's in front of us. They've come to us for a reason. Uh, maybe a machine's broken down or needs service or it's time to upgrade and get new accessories, uh, for their, for their unit. So really it's, it's, I think it's key to remember too that the parts and service department, they're already great at fixing problems. And, and really that's what makes them great at sales. So let's just, uh, kind of reinforce them a little bit. Anywhere where there's a customer touch point or a customer interaction is an opportunity to, satisfy someone to exceed their expectations and 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 to sell so i love that at 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 its core sales is a solution to a problem and parts and service teams are really good at fixing problems love that love to reinforce that okay let's talk about communication uh we all know that that that's a vital part of a sales interaction talk about how we might communicate financing and payment options to all those customers again looking at New and used unit sales, part of most sales processes is uncovering how the customer intends to pay for, for the item. Um, cash, credit card, bank check, their own financing, uh, financing it through a, a lender-like synchrony. Um, that's, that's a normal, normal process. But sometimes that isn't the case in the parts and accessories department. Um, it's, it's maybe not the case in service. So let's make sure... Uh, that we think about how those customers are paying. Um, make sure that they understand what their options are uh, in terms of paying for for a ticket. So, um, you know, let's, again, we talked about in the first 12 months, how many of these customers are coming back to purchase it? Uh, so if you look at a customer that maybe bought a, a side-by-side in the last few months and they've gotten some time out on the trail and, and they decided they, they want to add some upgrades to it, they, they come back in, they meet with the parts staff, they go through, pick out all these new fancy uh, items. They want an enclosure, maybe a stereo, some nice wheels, tires. We're talking maybe three, four, five thousand dollar ticket. Um, service department could get involved as well. How are they going to install the items? What are we going to do? Uh, this is great. We've identified the unit. We've identified what the customer is looking for. We've helped them land on the right products. And now it comes to the to the payment piece of it. Is the dealership offering? And, and communicating ways of paying for those items. Um, I, I don't know about you, David, but three, four, five thousand dollars, that's a substantial amount of money to me. And when a dealership could present something that offers me a solution to help me overcome that, to break that up into payments, to, to give me some variables 
that allow me to to afford that purchase today. I think that's critical. So I when I when I was growing up as a teenager, I uh, I rode off road motorcycles and then uh, had a couple of road bikes along the way, but. As an adult, I, I've gravitated more to the water than the road, and and loved a boat. And and like the power sports industry, you know, aftermarket accessories in in the boating industry, recreational boating, can add up to thousands of dollars too. And I've never once, as I'm looking at thousand dollar surfboards or two thousand dollar water skis or whatever, I've never been asked by that pro shop member or somebody in a service department, "How would you like to pay for this today?" And oh, by the way, kind of plant that seed that again, there may be options. And hey, if you can, you know, I'm thinking about sticking something on a credit card. If you can offer me a way to maybe avoid that, I'm maybe picking out some more stuff, right? <laughs> I totally agree. Um, you know, I'm I'm still an avid motorcyclist on road, but uh, actually just just purchased a boat over the weekend. So uh, always been around the water, but uh, it was time to to get something a little bit larger. And, and now I'm planning for those purchases as well. You know, the upgrades that, that are important to, to myself and my family. But, um, you know, I think about recently, I, I have a large uh, ADV bike and it was time for, for some service that was beyond what I'm comfortable with doing. Uh, tire installs, I needed fork seals and a, and a fork service. Uh, relatively expensive uh, type, of, type of service. And, and like you, I, w- I was never asked. Um, the bill was presented at the end. They did provide an estimate up front, which I thought was great. Um, but when it was time to, to pay the bill, it was just simply, here's the bill. And, you know, I think about if there was an option to help me make this a little more affordable, make some payments, um, you know, that's something I definitely would have considered. Um, and it really would have helped me open my eyes to what else I could have done at that time. So, you know, presenting that up front as well, I think, David, is key. Um, because, you know, when they're, when they are shopping or doing a service, if they understand that they have options to pay and extend that, um, the time of making those payments back on that particular item, I might be willing to spend a little more money. I know personally I, I would have. Um, but at the end, it, it does make it a little, uh, a little uneasy sometimes. Yeah. Well, congratulations on your purchase. Welcome back to the boating industry. It's <laughs> very cool. You know, as long as we're on the subject of price, let's continue with another uh, question, specifically around high ticket prices. Let's talk about some of the ways that that we can overcome those common objections uh, when it comes to price resistance. In in today's economy, you know, it seems like every time we turn around, there's price increases, and it doesn't matter whether it's at the grocery store, or the gas pump, at at a power sports dealership. Um, things have gone up. And people's desire to purchase those items um, still remains strong. So, you know, we want to make sure one of the one of the biggest pain points of higher ticket prices is what we've been talking about. How do we pay for these things? So, um, offering a finance option, um, such as the the new Synchrony Outdoors card or or other options that are out there, can help consumers uh, make that item a little more palatable. Um, to, to break that down into something that they can afford on a monthly payment or uh, fits within their, their household budget. Um, part of our research too found 80, 86% of power sports customers said they use some type of financing for their aftermarket purchases. Um, so we, we know they're already utilizing these things, but how are they utilizing? Are we offering 
uh, to include this in our in our conversations when we're talking about these purchases early on, or is it being left up to the consumer to go out and research on their own? To me, it seems that we should, uh, in a dealership, be introducing these these options early and often uh, with the process to help kind of lower the blood pressure, so to speak, of of that transaction of higher ticket ticket items. Yeah. Uh, online shopping probably isn't uh, the most desired subject with uh, with the audience that we have along with us right now. But we do know that when we go online shopping and we have a cart that we don't end up paying for, uh, we go out of it. Sometimes, depending on the platform, we might get an email that said, hey, would you like to continue shopping? How about this? Another 15% off. Let's empty that cart out. Uh, we can do that in person with our shopping as well. Talk about following up on lost sales. Glad you mentioned that. Um, I get those notifications often. Uh, sometimes I go back and, and finish my transaction. Sometimes I don't. But part of our experience in a dealership uh, from a parts department, from a sales, you, you know, new and used units or service, um, are tracking those lost sales. We spend a lot of time going back to the training piece of, of unit sales uh, folks following up with the customer. You've met them, you've talked to them, uh, you've gone through everything and, and maybe they just haven't pulled the, pulled the trigger yet. They haven't made the purchase. So what do you do? You, you follow up and you're keeping an eye on those. We need to do the same thing in the parts department. We need to do the same thing in the service department as well and, and track these lost sales. Most dealer management systems, uh, have the ability to track those. It's built into the programming. So if a customer were to come up to the counter and maybe it's time for a whole a whole new riding outfit, helmet, leather jacket, gloves, boots. You know, you're you're pushing well over a thousand dollar ticket, and then the customer decides to hold off for whatever reason. Are you, as a dealer, are you tracking those lost sales? And not only are you tracking them, are you following back up with the customer um, to look at the numbers and see lost sales without acting on it or put any actions in step to overcome those? Um, you're you're just tracking your losses. How do we take those losses, turn them around, and start identifying and, and reaching back out to those customers? Maybe it's in service. Maybe a customer brought an ATV in that needed a transmission rebuild, and it was a lot more than what they expected. So they left with the vehicle. They didn't allow that dealer to go ahead and fix the the, the unit. Well, why not? Are, are you as a dealership, are you following up with that customer to find out, did they go to another dealer? Did they scrap the unit? Did they just park it and forget about it? What if we could take some of those, follow that customer, invite them back in, find out why they didn't purchase? Maybe it was as simple as they weren't aware of financing options. Maybe they weren't aware of how to pay for the item. Um, so if we, if we look at a, a sample of that, one in 10, if we're able to convert those back, 10% of those lost sales, how much, how much does that drive to your bottom line? How many more happy customers come back in because you're able to provide a solution again to the problem they had. We've already talked about communicating financing options. One of those options can actually be a deferred interest aftermarket financing uh, solution or product. Talk about that if you would, please. During the research uh, Synchrony performed when preparing to launch the, the new Synchrony Outdoors card, uh, we found 63% of dealers aren't satisfied with their aftermarket finance options or are interested in new ways of financing uh, products. The Outdoors card was really launched to help fill that gap and provide dealers uh, with a solution that, that works for their business. It works 
not just for where they're typically utilizing Synchrony in the finance department. It works throughout the dealership. The card goes into the customer's wallet. Um, and when they come back to transact, it is a, it's a physical card. They swipe and go. Um, the customers are, benef- are able to benefit from deferred interest, um, finance options, um, transactions that might receive a six-month deferred interest. Um, they include payment, and, but the interest is deferred. Um, and if it's paid in the full, uh, paid in full during the promotional period, um, that's a huge win for the customer. There, there's no interest, um, in that, in that time period, um, when it's paid in full. So that really helps that customer go ahead and make that purchase for today. And it gives the, the people in the dealership a lot of capability to, to overcome some of those objections. Um, it's not a difficult conversation to have with a customer. Um, wherever we go, it seems like that's, that's an opportunity, uh, that we hear. So why not in, in a power sports store as well? Why not indeed? Hey, as we kind of wind our way down towards, uh, the end of this episode, let's talk about loyalty and specifically building customer loyalty. We all know the value of a satisfied customer, but I recently came across some research that shows that a loyal and engaged customer is even more valuable than a satisfied customer. Think about that differentiation. They account for more business, recommend you more often, are less price sensitive, and much less prone to shop the competition. All the holy grail of of great customers, right? So <laughs> let's talk loyalty and building that as we work our way towards uh, towards the end today, Charles. We we must continue to support and engage with those customers after they bought the unit. Um, you know, once they once they're they've taken delivery of their new shiny toy. That it doesn't end there. Um, you know, we have to we have to continue to engage with them. We we've spoken about it in previous uh, episodes. You know, whether it's inviting them to an open house, a ride day, things of that nature. Why not invite them back in and engage them in on our parts and accessory department? Um, sales, their salesperson they use to buy the unit to start with might follow up with them on their on their purchase anniversary or their birthday. Um, but what about in service? Are those actions being done there? Because once we get the customers back in, we, we really look to drive door swings to get them back in and engaged in our staff. Look at the new shiny new toys that have arrived in the, in the accessory department. You, you mentioned the online shopping piece and, and that's, that's a huge part of our, of our industry. It's a huge part of our economy, but a lot of people still want to touch and feel. Um, they want to see how that looks maybe on the, on the new model to be a dealership that supports the customer, it's important in every single department. Um, we start out with the unit purchase. Maybe we didn't. Maybe the customer purchased something used privately, and then they come in. The first chance is at the parts counter, getting an oil filter. So how do we build that loyalty? It's, it's through positive experiences throughout the entire dealership, from each and every department, and all the way down to the receptionist answering the phone. Do they put a smile on their face before they answer? Um, these things are all important and they help drive that loyalty. Um, with products that we offer at Synchrony, we're able to help build that loyalty as well. The new outdoors card we've mentioned a couple times um, really helps bring customers back into the power sports dealerships. Um, and it offers them solutions that they can't find from maybe eBay parts or, or others. Um, and then not only that, they've got the support of the dealership staff. Um, if we train them correctly and really build up their confidence in this, this customer transaction, we're going to, we're going to provide an excellent service and really build loyalty for the, for the dealership. 
Yeah, I know that we have talked about this before, but I'm glad you brought it up again because it, it does bear repeating that during the pandemic when, you know, there was a, a name for every unit before it practically got built, it was easy to get in the habit of just kind of delivering and dumping a product in somebody's hands because then we go on to the next one and the next one and the next one and and, and you know we we just skipped a lot of the the hand holding and the follow up that that was you know often a part of an integral part of the sales process so if you're not back to developing those good habits and being deliberate about the follow up well uh, let's start with this podcast because it, it's so critical, isn't it? Absolutely. The fundamentals are just that. They, they are fundamental to success. And many dealerships and businesses have been able to get a little lazy with that the last couple of years. But, um, you know, we, we know that tide's turning and right. let's, let's make sure everybody's trained. Let's make sure that, that we wow these customers once again and, and keep them engaged in this great industry. Creating positive experiences, building dealership-wide loyalty, I think that is a pretty good place to leave it, Charles. And I want to thank you, Charles Smith, Synchrony Financial, for being our guest. And thank you, our dealer audience, as always, for your time and attention. I've enjoyed the conversation, as always, Charles. Same here, David. It's always been a, a pleasure having these conversations. Looking forward to the next one. As always, I'll see you next time. For Power Sports Business Insider, I'm David G. So long. <laughs>